Hey everyone, welcome to Zonan Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Uh, this, of course, is a podcast looking at the connections between anime and Canadian media, and there has been a lot to talk about, and despite that, uh, it has been about six months since I last put an episode out. Um, however, not a single person has asked me, when is the next episode of Zonan Canada coming out? So I think I got away with it. I think we're okay. Joining me again after this hiatus, um, for the first time in a while, is uh, Jeff and Yazzie. Woo, woo, woo. Take a quick moment to introduce yourselves, just in case anyone is unfamiliar with uh, with you folks. Uh, well, I am Jeff Thu. I run uh, Mother's Basement on uh, YouTube, and uh, this is Yazzie. Excuse you. My name's Yazzie. <laughs> I can introduce myself. Uh, that's it. That's my name that's is Yazzie. My name is Yazzie. Best girl Yazzie. Uh, I occasionally make shit, shit, shitty videos on, on on YouTube sometimes, maybe. They're extremely good Mostly, videos. I mostly just shitpost They're on Twitter.com. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so she's Best Girl's Basement on YouTube. We also have a podcast together, Jeff and Yazzie's Basement Life, uh, which we also uh, have uh, – we, we post all the time. We post it on schedule all the time, just like you, Jesse. Um, so <laughs> – it's just it's a podcast, so you know it's fine. Uh, uh, this also also I have a question. Uh, do you guys do you have a basement now? We yes. do. Yeah. We do. You have your own basement at long last. Yes, yes. Yeah, our last place didn't have a basement. Maybe maybe Jeff should admit the truth behind his name. Yeah, I I don't. I've never like my my original house didn't have a, a base. My mom's house. Doesn't have a basement either. It's a townhouse, an elevated townhouse. So the only time that we had a basement um, was this one place that we rented where we didn't really have a basement because half of the basement was the landlord's storage. <laughs> so yeah, there's only been a basement briefly, but the true the true lie is that for the first few years of Jeff's channel, <clears throat> there was no mother's basement. It's all just a few technicalities here and there, but. <laughs> But for the most part, you've been living a lie. Um, I'm <laughs> yep. I'm glad you you finally fessed up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it feels good. Now. It feels good to have that off my chest. Yeah. So we it's been a, a little while since we last put out an episode. Um, the the truth is, you know, the stuff we usually talk about on this show, which is you know issues with streaming, issues with broadcast, just with the general state of the world right now, it's just a little hard to to focus on these things to the extent we usually do. You know, usually I do news roundup episodes where we kind of look at things and we kind of talk about the same things over and over again and i think i'm going to kind of stop uh stop doing that moving forward however everything has just been happening at an unbelievable uh uh unbelievable velocity over the last couple of months so i think it's a good idea if we just take a a moment to kind of go over things again i think we, we do have some actual substantive news to talk about this time and uh i don't know you guys, what what do you think we should get into first? Uh, Sony basically devouring the entire anime industry, or the uh, the stream apocalypse that's been uh, that's been starting uh, on HBO Max and probably spreading to other other services soon. Uh, what I do you think, one, Yazzie? I for yeah. one am angry still about right stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that oh man, so, that one burned us. If anyone needs to be brought up to speed, Sony, uh, who owned Funimation, has, of course, devoured Crunchyroll, and they've completely um, phased out the Funimation brand. Everything has been folded into the Crunchyroll site right now. And just in the last few weeks, they announced 
uh, and much more surprising news that they have acquired um, the online store Right Stuff. They are now owned by Crunchyroll and presumably going to be phased out and replaced by the existing Crunchyroll store or merged together somehow. It's not really clear right now, but um, yeah, well, some big changes coming to to uh, the way a lot of people buy their physical media. That's for sure. For yeah, they, I mean. They... They got rid of their uh, free shipping to Canada about a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. There was like a $100 thing for free shipping to Canada um, or $200, and they got rid of it, which is a big deal because now you're paying, you know, $200 for shipping if you want to buy a bunch of manga. On- yeah. So, like, it, was, it ended up being cheaper for me during their birthday sale to buy manga from Indigo, which sucks, which yeah. for Americans is like Barnes & Noble. And, yeah, and the – the like the other thing is like they they brought it back on the last couple days of their birthday sale on the last then, day and it had a three hundred dollar minimum. They said if you spend three hundred dollars, you get free shipping to Canada, which yeah. is like on the last day of their birthday when everybody had already spent all of the money they were going to spend. Yeah, the old Just, tactic was to wait until their Christmas sale or their holiday sale and then get as pile as many things as you can into one two hundred fifty dollar U.S. dollar order. And get the free shipping and get it then. But now it seems that you want to wait until they're offering the 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 free shipping as a which they'll still do, but they'll only do it as a promotion during a uh, limited you period. Won't know either. You know, you can't yeah. on it. Yeah, so yeah. At, at the chances that they offer that free shipping at a time that overlaps with one of their good sales, I'd say eh, probably pretty low. So you know, if pretty, you rely on right stuff, that's pretty annoying. Getting rid of the free shipping actually predated the Crunchyroll acquisition. I mean, I, I don't know. My, my guess is that they had already made that deal, because it was only yeah. a month ago that they got yeah. rid of it. Um, so my, my guess is that they had already made that deal and that they didn't Or were at least in talks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would I mean, they, figure. They used, they used increased, um, you know, inflation and increased uh, and if shipping Sony owns them, I feel an like excuse, that's not a good excuse. Once yeah. Sony owns <laughs> you, there's no excuse. Sony can afford shipping to Canada. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Sony also wants to uh, maximize their profits and minimize their costs in all possible ways all the time. Sony doesn't have the best track record for even getting their own DVDs into stores up here. I've noticed with some titles they've released over the years have had really limited distribution, despite the fact that you'd think they'd have some of the strongest distribution channels in the world. So you can't always depend on that kind of thinking. Um, well, I mean, now that they own right stuff, they do own, like, a pretty good distribution network yeah but the question like you said is if they're gonna dismantle it to make the Crunchyroll store the thing or if they're gonna you know they'll probably fold that into the the store but it's like yeah i mean if i can think of one maybe one positive and i gotta say when sony bought Crunchyroll or sony bought Crunchyroll and then merged everything together with the streaming brands you know obviously it's blatant monopolization but there are some positive things you can pick out from that there Mm. are some consumer friendly developments that come from that that you know a lot of people agree on and make things easier for you know just just normal viewers i'm a lot more hard pressed to think of any kind of positive for sony buying out right stuff i think the only thing is that now that sony uh is also consuming nozomi entertainment those titles might be more readily available through other venues. Like maybe we'll finally see Gundam titles actually popping up in like Amazon.ca and Sunrise Records where you couldn't get them before. Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least if anything that came up on Amazon.ca. 
uh, well, uh, would, would be really overpriced because there'd be an import premium on it. Yeah. One one of the one of the uh, other, I guess, upsides, small upside, but um, we had. I, I, it was probably again another like precursor to this deal going through. Uh, but a little while before this was announced, uh, Captain Tyler and I think Aria and a few other Nozomi owned properties ended up on Crunchyroll. So. That's, you know, that's good. Those were already available for free on YouTube, uh, through Nozomi Entertainment. So, like, not that good, but still, they're higher definition and in a place where more people might see them. Yeah, so, you'd think that more people would find things on YouTube, but the reality is that YouTube's just, it's just too much. <laughs> your, your algorithms aren't gonna point you to content like that most of the time. So it, if you're looking for a show to watch, you're much more likely to find it on a streaming service that you're paying for, even if it's available somewhere for free as well. Well, I mean, we've just we've just fallen out of the habit of going to YouTube to watch anime the way that we <laughs> used to back in the day uh, in four parts at 360p. I saw um, people uploading entire anime episodes to TikTok in three-minute parts. So we've come full circle. Oh, wow. We I have, have come full circle. Yeah. Uh, except now they're like they're like crop to square aspect ratios, right? So okay, that's the way the kids like it. So <laughs> we in our day we made a big deal about getting things in the proper aspect ratio, but to today's kids they just they want things chopped off of the picture. They don't they don't want the full context. Come on, I I, I the, these kids today they're, they're they're much bolder than our generation. I bet that they would be happy to watch like Demon Slayer, not just cropped but like squished from 16 by 9 to 9 by 16 uh <laughs> portrait mode just yeah, squish really the squished. whole screen they'd be fine with it these they live different they don't care yeah. if something's scuffed or deep fried or i think i i think the issue is that we're too picky when it comes to that kind of thing our our standards yeah, are in I, I our so, place they shouldn't be yeah <laughs> yeah you know what you're you're right yazzy you you got a head start on on some of us in the whole growing up on the internet thing, but like all of all of Gen Z has completely grown up on the internet, and like t- like TV and stuff accustomed us to a certain like broadcast standard of quality, right? Yeah, Where like I mean, the, and- I have one, f- I I still have one foot in the '90s, so that's why I'm I'm still holding this torch for for broadcast uh, broadcast stuff, which I'll I'll admit is. Definitely not as important as it used to be, but it you know it completely warps the way I evaluate any kind of audio video media and mm-hmm. how you how you watch it and how you access it. So I guess I can't fully recalibrate to you know the modern reality in some ways. The way yeah, there's can. these these you know they're, they're scrappy. They've they've been you know just out in the wild of the internet their whole lives. They know. Sometimes you just like like sometimes for the sake of survival you just got to accept that your your video is going to be super chunky and in the wrong aspect ratio and the subtitles will be completely wrong and that's fine that's just the way of the world and I think I honestly I admire it the same way I admire Spike Spiegel's ability to roll with the punches 
Hey, you know what? In some ways, that's better than some of the technical problems that have happened with the titles that have been, like, mass-dumped onto Crunchyroll. I don't think anybody has seems to have noticed that the dub episodes of Sleepy Princess and Demon Cas- Castle, they're completely out of sync on Crunchyroll. Are they? I've, we've sent... Com- uh, yeah, my, my girlfriend and I have sent complaints. Nobody has done anything about it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah. Oh, man. I I wonder... What wrong setting in the premiere render led to that? Because there's a Funimation logo at the beginning that's not accounted for uh, with mm. the ah. with the audio, and they just missed it on a bunch of episodes. Huh. That so that so it's it's off by exactly the you know that 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 yeah. whole jingle yeah exactly uh, yeah that would be that goes on for like 10 seconds funimation always had a way too long intro oh that's gonna be so frustrating they, they workshopped it so much over the years but they never made it shorter which was kind of the more important thing but, uh, well i think i think that they lost their way as soon as it started as soon as it stopped whispering into our nightmares you should <laughs> be watching that was horrifying. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting very many good things to come from this, even if you can get Nozomi titles from some other distributors soon. But there, there is one other big change that's happened uh, the second that Sony took over uh, Right Stuff, and that applies to the porn, of course. Um, all of it's been purged, uh, and th- oh, there's yeah. a new a new site coming, I understand, called AeroAnimeStore.com. Uh, I, che- I checked it out. It's the most laughable... Uh, default template of a website. But, like, from what I understand, it's not even right. Like, if they're not right stuff affiliated, it's not, from what I understand at least, I can't say this for sure because I haven't looked much into it beyond the first day and a half it broke, but from my understanding, it is a completely different company and, like, to the point of they're not allowed to transfer over the the pre-order information. Like, people who had pre-orders for 18-plus material with right stuff have to give their payment info to the new company. Which I think I, I think they're headquartered somewhere else too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's if it was the same company that just like split off, I don't think they would have to recollect everybody's information and stuff. So yeah, I don't love that they just like handed it to somebody else. And yeah. Like, yep, your stuff's over here now. Bye. It's, and like, there's it, no record of your pre-orders either. Um, somebody had tweeted at me a uh, screenshot of what their order history looked like, and because they had ordered interspecies reviewers, and it's just gone. It's just not even there. There's no proof they've even pre-ordered new species reviewers. It's just gone. And that's not even that's not even technically hentai. It's not porn. Yet they chose to market it as porn, so it gets it just gets put into that category. I think the same thing happened with Media Blasters' re-release of um, Ladies vs. Butlers. They they just chose to release it under their their pornographic label, so it gets pulled off of right stuff along with all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's just literally anything that got got yeah. um has an like an adult and anything that has an explicit label on it was just pulled at all, right away like it, but like yeah. also to make it disappear from people's pre-orders that like really I don't know why that sits with me the wrong way I can't I don't have a reason it just sits with me wrong that like they they can't even like they're that afraid of it of having it in their website history or whatever that people can't even see that the name of the thing they pre-ordered well that's the thing when you're as soon as you're owned by a major media company in the united states it's like they they even if they have some tangential connection to it they they're going to go out of their way to obscure it or cut it off if they can and it seems that in this case they didn't really have a, a backup plan properly in place for it 
Yeah, I mean, like, it, it is understandable just given, like, the, the media landscape of the United States. Like, you know, somebody looking for a, a quick late-night news story uh, to fill time on a slow day uh, can, you know, throw together a piece about, oh, this, this streaming service that streams cartoons has a store where you can buy cartoon porn. So, like... You know, it's understandable to, 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 to want to avoid that controversy. And I think like, like, like you said, pretty much any major business in the United States is going to cover their ass the same way. But it's like amazing that fries in the States could, uh, could avoid that kind of controversy for so long. Barnes and Noble (laughs) sells Faku titles. So I don't, I don't know if that really applies because Barnes and Noble sells Faku titles, right? Like you can buy. Not just like interspecies reviewers, but you can buy Faku titles directly from Indigo and Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and stuff, um, like physical copies of them and stuff. So I don't really think it's even that like they're covering their butt. I just think that they don't. Yeah, yeah Sony's Sony's extra, Sony's like extra like overcautious or overzealous about it about like keeping that s- stuff away from their brand. You know, th- there's zero quality control. On the PlayStation Store, but yeah. you, you can't get hentai on there, <laughs> or you yeah. can't you can't even get like cleavage in ga- some games that had cleavage before. It's it's weird. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of that's with. I think it's important to separate Sony video games from Sony Pictures um, because they are they are operated differently, and the people who kind of conflate that together, it's kind of. That gets a yeah, no, I, I, wing, uh, conspiracy theorists a lot, and I think I, I, I definitely, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, and I, I don't want to like fuel those conspiracy theories when I say that. Like, yeah. it's important to note that like not only do a lot of Sony businesses not like work with each other, they like actively compete with each other. It, it's a really weirdly run company. Um. There's there's just a lot of like weird non cross communication there, and they like Sony Music has its own investments in anime that are separate from Sony Entertainment and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, as like a trend, it does seem like Sony management as a whole is really somebody high up at the company is really sketched out yeah. about erotic content and stuff like that. There, there's has... definite about boobies. They're scared yeah. of boobies. Just say it. They're scared of boobs. Yeah. So, it's, one it's, of one of Sony's CEOs was like they they probably were, you know, just they they were probably an ordinary executive, right? And then one day they were just out and about in Tokyo, one of the Tenga stores was getting the delivery. The truck tipped over. They got covered in silicon boobs. And since that day, they have needed to purge them from every thing they have control over. Every piece know. of media possible. No boobs allowed. It, it's kind of weird that since since Crunchyroll, you know, for the most part consumed um, – uh, Funimation, they've been much worse when it comes to having like home video versions of shows available on streaming as well. Although it, it seems to be more incompetence and chaos than anything because, you know, they have it, you know, uncensored versions for some shows, but not others. But then you have, they're, they're still licensing more recent titles like, um, 
Harem and the Labyrinth and uh, World's End Harem. And you really have to question what the point of even licensing those are if you're only going to have these heavily censored versions, which Pop-up windows. Pop-up windows are great. I like looking at pop-up windows. That's (laughs) all. That's what I want to look at. When I click on a show called Harem in the Labyrinth of Another World, that's what I want to see is pop-up windows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're, they're like, those, I think, are they just get the broadcast version sent over from the Japanese licensors. So I think how heavily censored content appearing on Crunchyroll is, is to an extent out of their hands and, like, has to do with you know, what they're supplied, but it is still weird that they don't like. I mean, just throw it out there. If high dive had licensed, um, titles like that owned by the much more freewheeling AMC, uh, which is another thing we probably need to touch on. Um, they, they definitely would go out of their way or do everything they can to get the uncensored, the most uncensored version they can since it's, you know, you know, frankly, regardless of what you think of that type of content, I think if you're paying for a service, um, you should definitely ha- be able to access the least censored version of it because you're, yeah. you're paying for a premium service. And, you know, people can laugh at High Dive all they want for, you know, being the, the horny site, but, you know, that gives them a competitive edge over, mm-hmm. um, over Crunchyroll and the others. But I guess Crunchyroll, I guess, I guess Crunchyroll competes just by licensing the show anyway and then just not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even a competition between them and High Dive, really, because like Crunchyroll's a, a major streaming player, right? Like they're they're one of the biggest streaming apps. They've got like over a million subscribers. They they have an order of magnitude larger library than High Dive ever will. So like High Dive's got to prioritize uh, making the titles that they do have as appealing to the audience that wants to see them as possible. And I mean, it does, I think it makes sense as a business model, considering that like Funimation and Crunchyroll have shown to be kind of hesitant to snap these titles up. And like, that's the angle that high dive can attack it from of having these as uncensored as possible available in, in high quality streaming. So yeah, I, I think like, you know, you know, the people who would, make those calls at Crunchyroll and like be like, hey, can we get the uncensored version of Harem in a Labyrinth in Another World before you start sending that material out to us for Blu-rays in six months to a year? Um they just don't bother because like I mean, you know, that that time can be spent promoting My Hero Academia or Demon Slayer or a kajillion other things that are going to move more subscription numbers, uh, more subscriptions for them than uh, titties in harem, mm-hmm. for example. I think, but it's it's a uh, yeah. But um, I got some more stuff I want to say about high dive and AMC. Um, before mm-hmm. we get into that though, I just wanted to have I have one quick question I want to throw to you guys just about the whole arrowanimestore.com thing. So I I have never been bold enough to try to purchase anything 18 plus <laughs> off of right stuff it just it just seems oh, like a, a risk lot. and it's not worth it. yeah it's a lot i bought a lot myself we we, we have three have. different you, you never, co- it's always me it's it is me. almost always you but the times that i've ordered have resulted in us order it owning 
three different copies of Temptation. Oh my god. Oh, congratulations. The, 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 the hentai that was dubbed by Dan Green using his Yu-Gi-Oh voice. I just need to bring that up at every opportunity. That, that's that we, why. He bought, us. and actually we got it from my stuff because that was the only place to find it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's his Yu-Gi-Oh voice. Both of, both of his, both of the voices. He's got two personas <laughs> in it. And he uses the happy-go-lucky Yugi voice and the Yami Yugi voice. It's it's really something. What I wanted to know is, like, what was your what is your experience generally been ordering uh, eighteen plus stuff from Bright Stuff from Canada? And what do you ex- how do you expect that might change when it when the stuff moves over to the new site, especially since it's now going to be a like dedicated. 18 plus pornography site that might be a little trickier to uh to, to order from um over the border yeah so i definitely i i mean i yeah, i've ordered from a lot of places and it's my understanding that when they are an arrow specific store you're gonna have a harder slightly harder time they definitely have a, a tighter microscope on them i've never had anything um checked by customs from rice stuff but Every single time I order from the Faku store, uh, and I think J-List's American location, not their Japanese location, but whenever I order from their American location, it always gets opened, regardless of whether or not it's mm. 18+. plus. Uh, so my guess is that company will probably end up with the same thing, where all your stuff gets open. I mean, I can't guarantee all of the stuff will get opened, um, but for, uh, it is my understanding that when you focus totally on Arrow stuff, uh, you'll definitely get looked at a little more. <laughs> um, but yeah, with Rice stuff, it's always been... I don't think I've ever had anything opened um, by customs when I've ordered from them, and I've had oh, really? customs. I've had customs all up in my business. Yeah, you have. You yeah, I had, really I, I have. Had, I had one of my uh, J list purchases um, confiscated by customs once. Mm-hmm. Straight confiscated. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, Faku too. One of our yeah. Faku orders. Well, no, no. Faku's wasn't confiscated. Faku's just always gets opened. Whenever I order from Faku, they'll always open it, and like they'll all have that tape on it. This is opened by um, CBSA. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I'm sure that's probably what's going to end up happening. I, I can't, again, can't guarantee it. I, I can't say for everybody, but based on my experience. You n- you never had any issue ordering stuff from Right Stuff then? Yeah, no, I don't think I, I don't think we ever had a single Right Stuff package opened. Um, but that's probably because they were never flagged as like the store that sells, like a place that is always shipping 18 plus material. Well, so. that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess that'll, that'll create problems, especially when this, Arrow Anime Store is also going to be carrying stuff that's not, you know, technically by certain definitions. Uh, yeah, pornographic. They, they, which is the same thing that uh, J-List does. J-List carries yeah. stuff that's like, you know, they've got figures that are almost nude and nude figures, and they've got, you know, yeah. gravure magazines and porn magazines. Um, yeah. But they're like yeah, registered. It, yeah, they're marked as like 18 plus, I guess, in customs. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just that companies that handle things that are 18 plus material also have some material that they distribute that doesn't technically follow fall under that banner but it's just going to be put in that category anyway so you know just it just kind of creates this extra barrier and who knows what their shipping policies are going to be like there's yeah, also that's... um payment processor limitations when you're focused only on 18 plus that yeah that that is well uh, you technically can't accept paypal or stripe when you're only selling 18 plus, or not only but when your main focus is 18 plus material and if you're selling explicit pornography uh you can't use stripe checkout you can't use paypal checkout so that will limit them as well has has I I forget does right stuff use PayPal? I feel like yes. I've used PayPal. They, they, order. Yeah, yeah, they, I've used they, PayPal yeah. order from them. So I was yeah, just J-list thinking, Maylist may- does not allow PayPal for anything eighteen plus. Mandarake yeah. doesn't. All those places are too scared too. Yeah, um, with think- right stuff, 
yeah, with right stuff when you do PayPal, you have to pay immediately regardless of when your order ships. Whereas if you do it directly through credit card, it will charge when the order ships. Right. That's yeah. why I'm like, I, I don't use, I, I have like, you know, just little things about businesses in the back of my head, like don't use PayPal with that website and like right stuff is, is logged in my brain for that, but I forgot why. Thank you for reminding me. Um, but yeah, um, so I, I doubt that the, they might be limited in their payment processors, but again, can't, won't know until we see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that was my other thought is that they might be limited in that regard yeah. of who they can. Yeah. That, that made me think like maybe that was part of the reason Crunchyroll did it, but yeah, no, they already had PayPal, so. Yeah. Mm. So the, yeah, that, um, and that kind of brings me to the other thing I wanted to bring up, which is what's going on with, um, the closest thing to a competitor that Sony and Crunchyroll have, which is High Dive. So uh, they're owned by Sentai, of course, and Sentai was purchased by AMC recently. Um, so this is likely going to result in some things changing. We haven't really seen anything change yet. So there's a new AMC Plus original series called Pantheon. It is going to be streamed on both AMC Plus and High Dive. Um, so that's the closest thing. To, it's, it's an American animated series. Uh, it was probably just an AMC production that just kind of got folded into both of them, uh, which, you know, it's smart synergy for sure. Uh, but it's the closest thing to any synergy I've seen between these services happen so far. I've been waiting for, you know, talking about plus sides of, of large corporations eating up small independent companies. I have been waiting for some kind of uh, package deal to come up where we can get High Dive and mm-hmm. Shudder under a single subscription price. They haven't delivered that yet. We've just been seeing a bunch of titles randomly disappearing from High Dive while they do maintenance that they're being very vague about, which has just been been frustrating. Um, and I think also High Dive has been added as a channel on Amazon as well, but we're not really seeing the full slate of uh, of improvements that might be happening there that's really interesting considering uh how how almost everything on high dive like all of the big exclusives on high dive were originally things that sentai like sub licensed to amazon as part of their attempt to take off i i will say this season in particular i am watching more titles on high dive than i am on crunchyroll uh, I, I mean, this, is, this has been a, a bit of a stale season, as some people have been saying. Maybe maybe you disagree. But, I mean, you got Made in Abyss and Call of the Night on High Dive, where there's you know, not quite as much going Tokyo on on Crunchyroll. And, yeah, Tokyo, yes, Tokyo, Tokyo Mew Mew. Tokyo Mew Mew New. Thank, thank you, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we. I mean, you got you got those titles. They, you know, did pretty well this season, for sure. It's probably going to be very different next season with your, your Chainsaw Mans and your... Your your My Hero Academias, you know. I think uh, under the new situation, it's definitely possible for High Dive to be at least somewhat competitive. It seems that they're still very committed to running the Sentai store. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for physical media, and I think the Sentai store does uh, still offer regular free shipping. I don't think they've canned that at all. My experience has been pretty good ordering from them personally for you, for ordering Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah, a, a, a huge chunk of our like anime collection has been filled with uh There's just like sentai birthday sale. sales and shit yeah, yeah. and yeah, i wonder I mean, since especially since they have their own active store going are we how much longer are we even going to see sentai stuff available on you know right stuff slash slash crunchyroll store or whatever it's going to wind yeah. up being in the end it feels like having a one-stop shop for all of that stuff might be coming to an end well so 
that's something I'm a little concerned about because yeah. I have I I have heard that uh, write stuff isn't like doesn't just distribute their own stuff that they also like handle distribution for some of the other smaller anime publishers. Yeah, but yeah, that's a that's a different yeah. question. You have stuff like Gundam where Nozomi doesn't really own the rights, but they are the physical media distributor, and I guess that's just going to fall under. Crunchy yeah, roll. looking actually at their site, they do yeah. say that they 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 do provide all the like a bunch of stuff to smaller stores. Yeah. So they are they are like the distributor for a bunch of smaller anime stores too. So I wonder but, if that's gonna. I but I mean I don't know if if like it it, it depends like that might be compromised by Sony wanting to like monopolize stuff, but it might also just make business sense for Sony to just keep that stuff running. The same way that, like, you know, a Amazon provides web services to a bunch of places that compete with Amazon because it just makes more sense to get a little bit of that pie, um, you know, like a little piece of everybody's pie instead of just trying to own the whole pie. In addition to that, something I've been waiting to happen since AMC acquired um, High Dive and Sentai is for... RLJ Entertainment to start actually distributing their their DVDs and Blu-ray um, releases. If you're not familiar with them, they're they're the people who distribute AMC titles and Acorn Media titles. They're they're pretty much available in every store. You can buy that stuff. So if they start um, distributing Sentai titles, we might finally be able to get uh, their stuff in like again stores like Walmart or. Sunrise Records or Amazon.ca, where you, you just can't get them at all. Much like High Dive being folded into the other AMC streaming services, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, I'm presuming it's going to happen. I've, I've tried reaching out to both companies about the status of that, but uh, no updates yet. It would be nice to have other options for, for buying this stuff, for sure, because it's not having Amazon.ca as an option is pretty pretty annoying for a lot of people, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, not being in not being in Amazon is also like a big detriment to any of those brands, you know, because it's just that's that's a huge dis, like place for people to discover new anime is just through, you know, oh, I bought this anime or I watched this anime on Amazon Prime. What else can I you know, what else is recommended to me based on that? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, it would be. Yeah, I, I want. I want as much anime as possible of, uh, available to as many people as possible all the time. That's just what I want. I want people mm -hmm. to be able to discover cool shit that Sentai has like princess tutu, for example. Yeah. I was, uh, I was definitely hoping that they might start running like monster Musume on AMC or something. Uh, just have a marathon of that every <laughs> Sunday, but I, uh, doesn't seem that's the direction they're going to be going with that partnership. Um, but we'll, you know, I think, I think that's still developing. It seems to be happening really slowly. So, Keep an eye on it. Might be easier to get that stuff soon. Another thing I wanted to touch on uh, is something that's obviously declining in importance a little bit, which is which is broadcast anime. Uh, Toonami in the states is not quite what it used to be, but we're all eagerly anticipating uh, Uzumaki. I think it was confirmed that that's actually going to run on Adult mm. Swim Canada uh, nice. whenever it starts. Um, and that, I got to emphasize that is important uh, because. Crunchyroll is not a part of that co-production, unlike 
the previous ones, like Blade Runner. Um, that one is only, uh, being done through, through Adult Swim. So in all likelihood, if you want to, if you want to be able to watch that or any of the upcoming Adult Swim original anime, like you're going to have to do it through one of the janky, uh, channels that Chorus lets you watch them through. So you gotta, you know, subscribe to Stack TV through Amazon, which is, you know, pretty expensive. I'm like losing track of all of the places that Canadians need to subscribe for things that are alternatives to the American things. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, confusing. The the problem is that like Chorus just won't make a proper streaming channel. They have to have these janky alternatives that you pay way too much for, and still they still have ads, or you have to have a cable subscription and input that information to be able to watch it, and still have to sit through ads. When they made the decision to shut down Show Me, I think that was like one of the stupidest decisions they could have possibly Never made. Even because heard of that. yeah, Show Me was Shaw and Chorus's streaming service. Mm. Um that uh had a bunch of titles, but it folded like right before this whole trend of every company having their own streaming service popped up. Um huh. so now they just kind of have nothing and I, I think to a lot of people, they perceive that content as just not really being available because if something's not on a um, on-demand streaming service with no ads so that you can subscribe to easily, it's it doesn't exist. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, 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 it's, again, you have the, it's great that it would be broadcast, but, um, you know, the availability is going to be a little spotty if you don't know how to hunt for it, which... Um, it's unfortunate, but I think it is important that Chorus has some of that stuff because they have a lot of promotional power. I I don't know if you guys noticed the extent that they went through to promote Blade Runner Black Lotus, which of course wasn't very good, but they definitely made people aware of the fact that it was that it was that it was coming and that there were mm-hmm. ways to watch it. And apparently, it actually performed pretty well, at least for a little while, on um on their channels, as difficult as they are to to use. Uh, and it would be great if they gave that same weight to Uzumaki, but almost as quickly as Uzumaki was confirmed to be airing here uh, through Adult Swim Canada, it's also confirmed that it's been delayed yet again. It was supposed to start this October, and now it's been pushed back to 2023, because Hiroshi Nagahama's just got to take—if you give him as much time as he wants to work on something, he'll take it. Uh, so they're going to be working on those four episodes for even longer. Uh, I mean— I, I, I'm, I'm all for it, honestly. Like, like, I mean, they're trying something genuinely new with the art style, like the art direction of it, which is, you know, that's a big challenge and I want them to have time to get that right. Yeah, they're effectively animating the show twice. They're rotoscoping it and then animating it over the rotoscoping in a, in a like unique way to, to replicate the atmosphere of the manga, which frankly is probably the ex, the, the kind of extreme measure you have to take to translate Junji Ito's stuff to animation. Cause everyone who has tried to do it has failed so far. Yeah. No, I, I like it, it really doesn't bother me. They can take as long as they want with that show because yeah. I care way more about it actually living up to the manga than I do about getting it anytime soon yeah you know yeah exactly like i can i can just read the manga again i can that's i am perfectly happy to just read the manga again but there like you can count on one hand the number of truly successful 
horror manga to horror anime adaptations because just the loss in art quality that you get moving from static pages to animation is so much that it, it destroys the atmosphere of most most every horror anime mm-hmm. I've seen attempted, but especially uh, Ito's stuff because his art is so immaculately immaculately detailed and he puts so much effort into the shading and everything there's yeah anime is such a versatile medium but horror is something it doesn't handle um that well most of the time unless you do something really innovative so i have high hopes for it and a lot of people do jinji ito has a lot of buzz i trust that whenever this show is ready chorus is going to promote the hell out of it they've already like mentioned it in press releases which is frankly stunning because they didn't they usually didn't even bother to mention anime in their press releases a lot of the time even back in the bionics days mm-hmm. so it, it's something to be excited about and i hope that it gets more people interested in it and generates a lot of buzz the fact that it's getting pushed back so far is a little frustrating especially since the toonami brand in the states is sort of declining now they can't get as much content because um sony's just being more difficult the whole block is usually just a couple of new shows and then One Piece and Naruto reruns, which I'm sure works for them. But, you know, it's it's a, it definitely seems to be a declining brand. Yeah. Um, and it was gone for a while, too, I think. I don't know too much about them. Um, it ha- it's been since. Yeah. Since they came back in 2013, it's been consistent. And, you know, we're all hoping that one day there might be a tsunami in Canada. It's looking very unlikely now with the I state know, of things. Unless long ago they came back. Yeah, yeah, oh it's been, God. they've it's been, been so long. back longer than they were gone, which oh is incredible. Oh, I, and it's I didn't a, know much about them, I just, I just, I was in America yeah. when they came back, so all of my yeah. friends were like, wah! Yeah, I, I, it's a, te- if anything, it's a testament to how, how influential and important anime on TV still is. I mean, it's declined so much, but it's still chugging along. And at, at this time when Warner Discovery, or Discovery Warner is in such a chaotic state, Everything that they own is in total flux right now with um, shows being canceled, things being pulled off of their streaming services. Everything is really uncertain. Toonami is still chugging along. I think Uzumaki is probably the most high-profile thing they have coming up in the near future. And that's really probably going to determine the future of the block. It it might be the climax for anime on North American television. And, might be. Yeah, if, yeah. if it is, frankly, I'm I'm glad that we're gonna be able to watch it because that's definitely something I'm gonna watch live. Um, no matter no no matter what uh, measures I have to take, because I'm probably not gonna actually have a cable subscription. <laughs> yeah, point. you're right. Um, hey, just throwing it out there to everyone: if you know somebody who has a cable subscription, or you have a family member or something, see if you can get their login and log into the global app because you can just watch Adult Swim Canada that way. It's the easiest thing to do. But unfortunately, we're Very not gonna get this. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is there is an anime that Adult Swim Canada will be running uh, in, on October first. Housing Complex C. It's a new original horror show, um, which probably would have been hit a little harder if they could have paired it with Uzumaki. But now it's a like new untested IP that's going to be kind of probably just thrown up there with little promotion. Um, something to keep an eye on for sure. If you do want to support anime on broadcast television, like yeah, it'll be on midnight uh, on Saturday night, starting at. Uh, Starting October first, oh it's four episodes. Midnight? I'm so old. Midnight is midnight. It's it's midnight Eastern time, so it'll be a little earlier for us, thankfully. Uh, not for mm. not for everyone though, but um, it's there and it'll be on their on demand too. So if you want to, you know, 
support anime being distributed by major Canadian media companies. Um, de- definitely keep your eye on Housing Complex C. And yeah, so yeah, it's it's really uncertain where all that's going to go because a- as I touched on, there's this big big to do going on with uh with Warner in the states right now with uh i'm sure you guys have heard of all that stuff getting pulled off of hbo max oh yeah we've heard yeah. it <laughs> yeah uh definitely exposing the weaknesses of the streaming industry it's interesting because all this stuff's getting pulled getting written off for tax purposes which is you know everyone's you know pointing fingers at discovery and their ceo uh david zaslav about that uh, when in reality this is something that warner has done with their properties for years uh, they they did the, they did this write off thing with Megas XLR and Symbionic Titan years ago. Um, that's really limited their availability. Um, oh, but they, that's why you can't watch yeah. Megas XLR. Yeah, that's what I happened have, with I, it. Yeah, oh, it's the same problem. I have been wondering for years. Uh, why I uh, yeah that's oh that's God that sucks. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I think you can still get it through um. Uh, through iTunes, um, I, I mean iTunes yeah. has, be, has and and like stuff that's available for purchase on YouTube occasionally. Yeah, da- have download- become like the 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 last bastion yeah. for Wor- for a lot of things. Worth emphasizing that download to own, even though it's you know it's it's usually um, heavily stigmatized because of course you don't really own it, but a lot of the stuff that's otherwise unavailable is available there. You can get all of Infinity Train on there. That's actually how I first got it, because I just bought it there because it was the easiest way to watch that show. Um, it, it, you know, it's pricier. Like, I wouldn't... I, I'm hesitant to, like, buy all of something like OKKO on on YouTube or on iTunes, just because it, it gets pretty pricey for something you, you know, again, don't technically own. Really high, actually. Yeah. They have yeah. sales sometimes. Keep an eye on it. Keep stuff on your watch list if you want to get, if you want to get it that way. Cause honestly, even if you want to pirate it, a lot of that stuff's hard to find even to pirate. Mm-hmm. All this shit is going on with the, the, this service in the U.S. And it's, it's interesting because all these problems are just happening in the U.S. They actually aren't affecting other countries, which sort of highlights the fact that you know, online streaming is really just a thing that's focused on the United States and all of their markets are kind of an afterthought. And it's also interesting that whenever we get more access to things in Canada or in other countries, it's usually not because existing services are expanding. It's because they're buying out, they're getting bought out by other bigger services that already have access here. Yeah, the the places that are big enough to reach Canada already are just taking their time snapping up everybody who's not. Yeah, it's um, it's all a big mess. I don't know what's going to happen with all this. Uh, well, it, it the speculation right now is that Warner's going to basically consolidate HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one new service that will be more versatile. I think they're probably just going to convert Discovery Plus I- into a new thing, and because it's already available in multiple regions. The thing about HBO Max is that you know obviously everything is happening on there and the way it's impacting the you know the the artists and um and people and, and industry people who made content for for there it's really unfortunate but the reality is HBO Max from the beginning was a really poorly thought out streaming service as far as um international viability goes cuz why would you base your 
major online streaming service on a brand that you don't control and likely will not be able to control in every region around the world. It's just such a bad idea. It just seemed like something was going to give eventually. And now something is giving, and it's giving in the worst way possible. Uh, it, it is possible that um, whatever comes out of the 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 ashes from that will have like Adult Swim content or Cartoon Network content streaming. Um, but I'm not going to get my hopes up for that. It would be a, a pretty unfortunate. I, again, we would get access to this stuff in the most unfortunate way possible. <laughs> That's kind of kind of been the trend with online str- online streaming. It's a it's a harsh it's a harsh world and a harsh business. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I also feel like maybe I've gotten too okay with the idea of download to own things. Sometimes I think about that and I'm like, yeah. man, streaming companies have convinced me that like they're streaming and then there's downloading it from them and that's it. Yeah. Like, somebody, I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. And I'm like, man, I don't actually own this. Oh. And the streaming companies have convinced me that they're streaming it and that downloading it is owning it. Home video is still still the best. If, yeah. uh, still the best way to own something if you want to own like, it. I just like came to that. I was like, wow. I like completely normalized. I was like, yeah, I own it. I I bought yeah. the digital. You know, I bought the yeah. the. You know, uh, we bought it on YouTube or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. and, and I mean, the thing is, you do own it. You yeah. you you own it right up until you don't. Right up yeah. until PT gets delisted or uh, they stop selling the Deadpool game yeah. or. I mean that that came back, uh, and Scott Pilgrim came back eventually. But like, yeah, yeah y- yep. even even download to own is is. I mean, even honestly, even physical media like that will degrade eventually, yeah. right? The, the, a Blu-ray disc, at the very least, will probably last for our lives as long mm-hmm. as we're alive. Um, for the some early DVDs. Not going to be so lucky with those. Um, probably already not working. But you know, it's going to be a limit to everything. Even if you pirate everything, you have to, you know, have adequate hard drive space. You have to be able to mm-hmm. back up your library. You have to have redundancy, and yeah. that takes that takes a lot of work. <laughs> and yeah, you, you have to hope yeah. somebody everything. else is seeding it too, so you can even get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. torrent route. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. There, yeah, that that is the thing. You do have to hope that somebody is seeding it. But the thing is, only one person needs to seed something mm-hmm. for that to be preserved in that form, right? Mm-hmm. Like the more people seeding, the better. But like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, for for like personal uses, owning the Blu-ray is fine. That's good. But yeah. like, for the sake of like long-term preservation, I, I'm just becoming increasingly convinced that like. Streaming isn't just not good for that, but in some ways is like actively detrimental yeah. to preservation. Yeah, streaming has never been good for preservation, and I think anyone who has ever believed that uh, has mm. been horribly misled. It is good for exposure, though. It's still one of the best ways to expose something and get people to engage with it and demonstrate its popularity. And uh, that kind of brings me to the last thing I wanted to talk to today, which is that overall, you know, we've talked a lot over the years about how streaming situations have been not always great for anime in Canada. And they're a lot better now. And again, a lot of it's because companies are getting bought out by other companies that have better <laughs> distribution channels uh, in Canada and in other regions than the, the smaller companies that owned them before, which is unfortunate, but it does, you know, it benefits consumers in Canada to an extent. So they're, you know, you, you have that positive element. It's worth noting, going, just going back to Crunchyroll that 
for years, they've had this weird policy in Canada only, where after 13 weeks, everything goes behind a paywall. But uh, now they're starting to just put everything behind a paywall for everybody. Uh, so it seems that they're they're going to solve the inequity problem in Canada of not being able to access those titles by just spreading it everywhere and making sure nobody can watch anything unless they have a subscription. Um, so I guess that means maybe we were the testing ground for uh, one of the worst case scenarios. Uh, <laughs> um, again, example of things improving by in Canada by going down in quality everywhere else. Um, but it, even though we can access most things now, there's still one major title uh, that for some reason they just won't let Canada have, despite the fact that it has a strong reputation, Inuyasha. Uh, you, can get, you can watch the first two seasons of Inuyasha on Netflix and on Crunchyroll, um, and I think on Funimation too, as, as long as that's around. But anything beyond that, including Inuyasha The Final Act, has never been made available for streaming in Canada. Um, and it seems that nobody is interested in doing anything about that. Guys, what do you think? Uh, what, what, what do you think about that situation? And do you think there's anything we could do about it? Do you think, who, 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 who do we need to yell at to, to make this happen? It's a Hulu exclusive. I was just thinking, I think after the second season was when it started to become spotty in Canada oh, for like viewers, yeah. like for like, like having it on TV. So perhaps part of it has to do with the fact that people think Canada just doesn't fucking care since yeah. we could only watch that far anyway. I mean, um, let's be honest, like the first two seasons are the best part. Yasha, yeah. for sure. And I, I think for anyone who wants a quick nostalgia fix, having access to those first 54 episodes is probably going to satiate you. I don't think very many people, the, the number of people who will proceed to watch the whole thing are, are lower. But I mean, even but during still, the, pa- the yeah. pandemic, if like, say, Crave, uh, in addition to licensing Sailor Moon, which I, I, I need to throw out there that Sailor Moon has definitely been very, um, successful for Crave. Um, I have noticed that they, th- we, we've talked a lot about their whole partnership with WoW Unlimited. WoW Unlimited actually was the company that licensed Sailor Moon. They kind of don't exist anymore, and their partnership with uh, with Crave has ended. But is Crave, did they? It was it the, the Sailor Moon was it the Deek dub though, or was it the other no, one? No, it is yeah, the Viz dub. We had that problem. We had that yeah. problem like a year and a half ago or two years ago. They wanted to watch the goddamn Deek dub because that's a what lot of people want Unfortunately, the Deek dub is just gone. Like also no, the, the Card Captor Soccer dub that Canadians had. Yeah, the ocean uh, dub. Uh, yeah, yeah. The 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 ocean dub for card captors is gone. The Sorry, dub that, that was very that, that was very. That's okay. I, would, I just that just popped into my brain as like a Canadian thing. That we I wish we I did a whole more. we did a whole episode on card captors. We go into into that. The version that's on Netflix is a Hong Kong dub that was produced in the late '90s, and it's not quite uncut. There's some segments where they um they didn't dub a part. They're usually you know they're the gay parts uh, where they they were the the audio Stuff just suddenly wasn't safe you, for canadian eyes no for honk for honk for oh. southeast asia so so it's yeah. not even the so i remember nis america put out a card captor blu-ray set a while yeah. ago with a dub on it was that the same dub that ended up on there yeah it's the same dub and there are blank like on that nis release there are Set, scenes where the audio just goes blank when you're watching that the I didn't dub know. because wow. it's gay. Yeah, because uh, it, it gets too gay. I think they actually dubbed those scenes, but they got cut, and then they were just never able to restore it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, that's what happened with card captors. With Sailor Moon, the deep dub, unfortunately, is just not available. Cause, yeah, I just uh, miss our, I, I won't even like, I don't even argue that our card captors, dub, our card captor dub was better. I just miss it. I wish I could, I, yeah. I miss that exact tone that she would go, Caro in and, but, but Tori and stuff and, you know? The, that dub was well cast. Um, yeah, they, like I just I have I, yeah. the, her exact voice in my brain, and I wish I could hear it again. Yeah, for sure. I, wish I, I could watch it somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I've said this before. I kind of wish that when Genion put out that second movie, that they had gotten the ocean cast back to do like a proper mm-hmm. uncut dub for that. I think that really would have been great uh, with with those actors coming back and just kind of being able to do it more authentically. But unfortunately, it never happened, and uh, we're just getting less ocean stuff now. Um, but yeah, with uh, with the yeah with with Sailor Moon, um, Crave had it through a partnership with WoW. But they you you I noticed because I look at these things too closely that the WoW logo was removed from Sailor Moon at the t- same time that WoW content was just being pulled completely from Crave. So they actually hmm. pulled in that license to hang on to it. Huh. Obviously, because it's probably doing very well. You see, it's mentioned in promotional materials. It's it's like one of the crown jewels of of kids' content on that service right now, regardless of what you think of the Viz dub. So mm-hmm. it's obviously done well for them. And I was hoping that they would get Inuyasha because if they had gotten that during the pandemic or during the like you know the lockdown periods of the pandemic, yeah. like people would just hunker down and watch all of Inuyasha. That's that's this. If you're ever gonna watch through all of Inuyasha. It's like in that kind of situation that, is when you're going to do it. That was around the time when Yashihime ended too. So yeah, I think it was around the time Yashihime ended at least. So it would have been a really good go back in nostalgia. Exactly. And again, Final Act is never um, streamed or broadcast here. So like, what gives? Why? Like, why won't anyone do anything to solve this problem? Who is responsible I, I for this? We need who, to know. The it's a good question. Like Hulu has the rights in the states. It's possible that they have, like, the North American rights and it's just locked down and they won't share it with anyone. It's also possible that Viz still has the Canadian rights and just won't go through the extra effort of getting it onto another service up here, which is what happened with Sailor Moon for years. Mm-hmm. Um, Crunchyroll, you know, I, why won't they just license the rest of it and just put it in Canada only? I don't know. Netflix could do it. They could get the the, the rest of the season's and put it up and just make it available mm-hmm. as a Canada only thing. Haven't done it yet. But Inuyasha is this one weird exception and nobody seems to want to do anything about it. And And it and it it was so big in Canada too. Like that's the thing that that like like if if Sailor Moon is taking off and doing numbers for Crave, then Inuyasha definitely will too because well, like I those two audiences huge overlap in Canada. When we talk about anime that was, you know, specifically highly successful or had a huge cultural impact in Canada specifically, we always think of Sailor Moon um, just because it took off in such a unique way a few years before it did in other English-speaking markets. But I think that, honestly, I think that Inuyasha's success here was um, was comparable. It's not more popular here than it was in the United States, but I would say that it hit different when it debuted here just because of the way YTV um, aired it, um, the time slot it aired in, the audience it reached. Uh, it was like one of the top Google searches for a couple of years when it debuted um, at a time when you would not see anime ranking high on that kind of list in either Canada or the U.S. or most countries. Yeah, I think um, it when was... Inuyasha first started airing, uh, the only other anime they had 
besides like the 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 in, you know anime that people didn't see as anime like pokemon and sailor you know like people didn't see sailor moon when they were kids as like anime they saw it as like yeah, the other exactly. style of cartoon uh, but the only other like anime anime they had when inuyasha was airing was gundam seed and witch hunter robin i think well they they got they had inuyasha bef- they, they licensed those shows from bandai because of the success of inuyasha yeah. um Inuyasha was just like a late night show on YTV, I remember. And then Bionix grew around that. Yeah. Um, They had had Escaflone, they had Gundam Wing before that, you know, both successful to an extent, but not. Inuyasha was like the big one. They just weren't a like Toonami style success the way that you were seeing with shows in the States and some, and in the UK and some other countries as well. But Inuyasha was the first show that finally kind of had that kind of success and reach the way that shows on Toonami and Adult Swim did in the United States. Uh, so it, again, it hit different, it hit broader. I think it had a, a not, I don't want to say a more mainstream appeal, but it definitely, um, it, it definitely reached audiences, uh, that weren't expecting it in a different way than it, than shows that preceded it did. And I, I think that we've, that's sort of been erased. And we um, deserve to be able to watch it, damn it. Yeah. We do. And I think it's just a huge missed opportunity. So, I, you know, yeah, if anybody listening to this... Act. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, yes. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I'm realizing I've never even seen Final Act because it never aired here. Yeah. I've never, never bought it. Like, like, yeah, it was such a huge... Me. Like, it when it came out, I was like, oh, when it comes to Crunchyroll, I'll watch it. And then it didn't. So I, like... Yeah. I downloaded one episode to check it out, and the pacing was really weird, and I just, you know... Yeah. Had it's, no... It's really no fast-paced. But I, I, I want to see it, but I'm just, I can't be compelled to figure it out. Pirate it or purchase it. Uh, cause I don't, I don't care that much to do either of those things. Yeah. It's one but, of those things you want to watch when you're sitting around being like, what should I put on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not something you want to like, which should be there for us. Damn yeah. it. But I mean, what can we do to fix this? Who, who, who can we bug? Like, should we be bugging Viz about this? Who Whose house would even should listen? I be protesting out front of? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah, we, we gotta, I, we gotta. This, this is what we should take a, a convoy to Ottawa for. Um, uh, getting Inuyasha in, back on in TV. Inuyasha. <laughs> At just, God damn it, Justin Trudeau, where is my dog boy? <laughs> there is one other possibility that I thought of, um, and there's a big question up in the air right now: is Disney Plus's uh, plans for anime? Because there is a rumor right now it is a rumor not verified but that they're going to have the new bleach um when that starts running it is not confirmed and it also i also need to make it clear viz has the rights to Mm -hmm. that new bleach it is unless something drastic has happened in the last year viz is the the company that's distributing it so if disney plus i was confused by that because that was yeah that was like i saw them announce that it was on disney plus and like they are a new player, so it like made sense to me that maybe that 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 maybe the thousand year blood war war project is considered uh, a different production committee or something and has like different licensing rights. Yeah, I mean it does, but again, it is Viz is the licensor. If Disney Plus is streaming it, they are just they are the broadcaster, or mm. they are the just the the streaming service that sub licensed it. So it's not they they're not going to own it. If that happens, but as we all know, Viz has been very cozy with Hulu over the years, which is why for the longest time we couldn't see most of their stuff. 
Yeah. Um, that's been that's been solved for almost every title except Inuyasha so far. Uh-huh. Uh, so and since Disney owns Hulu right now, and I think they're they're definitely in a very long process of slowly absorbing Hulu into Disney Plus in the U.S., which probably isn't going to happen for a long time because Hulu is just so ridiculously profitable with their weird ad-based digital model that only works in the U.S. and doesn't work in any other country on Earth, which is why it creates such a weird problem when it comes to international distribution for their original titles. Um, But this could be like, if Disney Plus does have it, it could be an evolution of Viz's relationship with Hulu. And if stuff, and I'm curious to see if when Disney Plus finally gets their own original anime up, like um, Summertime Rendering, which is just in Disney Plus jail right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to I wonder if like Hulu backlog titles are going to pop up on there. I wonder I wonder if Disney Plus could be the home to Inuyasha. It would be it would be interesting if they ended up yeah. pack, it, it, like like um tapping Viz's translation like their localization infrastructure to like start doing I mean Disney probably will never do simulcasts, but like start doing more timely releases or put out more competent dubs of stuff. Cause like, I remember the, the Disney plus release for star Wars visions. The, the Disney plus release for that was absolute garbage. Like the only way that you could watch with subtitles was with closed captions, which is just unacceptable, right? Like, like if you have a foreign language product, put proper subtitles, not closed captions, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, also, just like, I mean, the dub was pretty good, but there were, if you wanted to watch it in Japanese, you were just so hamstrung in every possible way. And it, like, I honestly think that that's like the worst subbed anime watching experience I've had on a major platform. And like, I tried to watch anime on Amazon. I tried, you know, I've, I've watched anime on like pretty much every platform there is. And like, yeah, that that's just the worst one I've seen. And, I mean, Amazon was screwing it up for years. You know, Netflix used to be real bad for anime, too. But just, like, they really didn't get it at all. And that yeah. worries me for them having stuff like Summertime Rendering and possibly Bleach. Yeah. But hopefully Viz can, you know, if they work with Viz, that could correct that. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. So, like... Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm not going to do these news roundup episodes where we just touch on the same issues over and over and over again. But um, I just want to take this opportunity to give, once again, emphasis to this Inuyasha problem. I don't know if Mm -hmm. anybody who works for Crunchyroll or Viz or Hulu or Disney Plus will ever listen to this episode. Probably not. Or if anybody who knows somebody who does will listen to this episode. Or if you work for Bell or crave or know someone who does please if you know if you know somebody you could hound about this please do i think it's uh if i'm gonna if i'm gonna pick one if i'm gonna pick one stupid hill to die on in this chaotic world with bigger problems to worry about i'm gonna pick inuyasha streaming in canada i think yeah i think we need to do something about this please that's a noble cause before the apocalypse it is and society (laughs) collapses just Get Inuyasha on stream. I just want to watch Somebody Inuyasha please. one Come more on. time before before the end. I deserve my and Moroku happy ending. All right, I deserve it, and I never got to see it. Yeah. Okay. 
Do you guys have any other thoughts on Inuyasha before we wrap up? Or any of this other stuff? My only thought is Songo and Moroku forever. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. All. No, I'm, I'm... That's my only thought. I'm hungry, so let's wrap up. Guys, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? I, I think it's a number of... They have a number of options. Yes, they do. Uh, so they can find me at youtube.com slash mother's basement and us at, uh, I don't know what the youtube.com slash URL is, but the basement life podcast. Oh, we have one, yeah. Um, yeah. we don't have one. Yeah. And then I am best girl Yazzie everywhere, everywhere, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, uh, best girl Yazzie, best me or best girls basement. Best girl, best girl Yazzie. Yes, you can find it that way. <laughs> Much easier. I'll, in, I'll include some links somewhere. <laughs> I think, I think people know where to find you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Zon in Canada. You can reach me on Twitter at jbetteridge or email zonincanada at gmail.com. The theme song is by Ultra Kleistron and can be found on his album Packet Flood, which you can find at ultraclystron.com. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. See you again. And get Inuyasha back to us, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Do it. This people, we will come to your house. Not really, but we will. Give us Inuyasha. Now, fuck like a chicken! What? A chicken! No!